The New Orleans Pelicans are still the top team in the West, surprising many, but should we have seen this coming? Antonio Daniels joins me to answer that question. Plus, we talk about Zion winning player of the week and more in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go! You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Tuesday, a game day for the Pelicans as they take on the Utah Jazz. And I got the one, the only, Antonio Daniels joining me in just a second here to break down whether we should have seen this run from the Pelicans coming, Zion and more. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Tell a friend about the show and comment down below on YouTube. And today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's PrizePicks.com promo code Locked On. Let's get right into it with Antonio. Antonio Daniels. All right, Antonio Daniels joining me on the show. It's been a little bit since you've been on AD. Before we get into anything else here, how much fun are you having right now? And were you expecting this first in the Western Conference at this point in the season? No, I think the potential was there. Um, but to add to, I remember saying in the summer how important it was to have a, you know, when CJ came over last year, uh, and Larry Nance came over last year. They came in February. So it's really weird when you have to learn on the fly, you know, through all that, that they never got an opportunity to play with Zion. Zion never had an opportunity to play or Trey Murphy or, you know, you can go down the list of different guys that Zion never had. It's almost like they needed that training camp together to develop the coaching come to right now but I, i'll tell you this though jake what david griffin has done created a culture of guys that are outplaying their expectations nba has become you know when you look at golden state and what they were able to accomplish it was better than we thought he would be clay thompson was better than we thought he yeah. would be draymond green was the second round pick jose alvarado's doing what naji marshall's doing what Larry Larry Nance is doing. Look at what certain guys are doing. Expectation is concerned, and you match that with star power. You got something pretty good on your hands. Yeah, I think you know it's it comes to something that a lot of people are saying right now, and they wonder if this Pelicans team is the deepest in the NBA. And I, I tend to agree with that. When you look at it, right, like you, you you immediately are agreeing with me. But it's not necessarily because they have like starters across here, right? I don't know if Jose would start on a ton of teams. Let's say I think some guys would, some guys wouldn't. But they fill their roles so perfectly here in New Orleans, and they work around the core of this team in Zion, in CJ, and Brandon Ingram. And then you're seeing that kind of growth from them too, right? Look at Najee Marshall over this stretch of games, the way he's kind of being a complimentary player, but also knowing when to take over. That's the kind of depth I look at that helps you win championships because you need those type of guys. You know, 
So I've been by Sarah's XM show that the Bells have the deepest team in the league. You know, you can argue with whoever you will, and I, I've issued this out to nationwide callers. Go ahead and call, call in and tell me we can, we can debate this. Because what they have is a legitimate one through second unit guys that are rotation ready. Everybody mm-hmm. can say that. You may have two or three guys eight deep and be rotation ready. But when you realistically can go 11 or rotation ready when someone else is injured, listen, again, when you have Jose coming off your bench with Ray Murphy, with, with Dyson Daniels, with Devontae Graham, with Larry Nance, with guys that understand their role, that have embraced their role, I don't debatable. You know what, Jake? <clears throat> Steph Curry's the best shooter of all time. That's not debatable in my opinion. With somebody about that, and I'm done arguing with people about whether or not the Pels are the deepest team. There, there you go. They are. It's as simple as that. I like it. I mean, no, look, the results speak for themselves. Zion and B.I. have only played 11 games together, right? And they're seven and five during that 12 games. They're seven and five. That's incredible what they're doing right now. And as you mentioned, it speaks to what David Griffin has built here, kind of seeing his vision come to fruition. But I also think you've got to give, obviously, the coaching staff a ton of credit for developing these guys, having these guys ready to go. You know, you've seen some of them who have been starters in the past and Devontae Graham now moved to a bench role. Larry's been a starter. He's come off the bench it's various things it really speaks to Willie Green and his ability to get these guys to buy into what they're doing whether that's changing a role whether that's taking on kind of different responsibilities you don't see any complaints from any of these guys no one seems really upset right you have Billy Hernan Gomez who was the Eurobasket MVP he's coming off the bench and they're all willing to sacrifice kind of for the greater good of the team here you don't always see that everywhere when when I podcast numerous times you can't excel in your role until you're willing to embrace it. Cliche statement in the NBA is, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I want to do whatever it takes to win a championship. But what's missing at the end of that sentence is, unless my minutes are cut, unless I'm not in a rotation, you know what I mean? Unless this is agent here. What you have on this team is guys that are not just talking the talk, but that are walking. The show can go three or four games without playing and then come in and play like he's playing now. Billy Hunt without playing and then come in and give you 10 points, nine rebounds in 15 minutes on the night that he's guys that are really willing to play their role. It doesn't mean that Jose Alvarado's always that smart because when CJ gets COVID, you know what? We need you to come in and start. You know, Dyson got some time, but then once he come in there, we need you to get in and we need you to defend. Come in and everybody wants to score. But you have guys that have gotten on the floor because their ability to play defense about this coaching staff. You, it is an amazing coaching staff that does not. What happens is when a team plays well, we praise the players. But when a team starts to struggle, we criticize. Oh, if it was me, what I would do. Or I would, no. Willie Green and his coaching staff and, and um, Fred Vinson and Casey Hill and Teresa Weatherspoon, Glory Brewer. This is an amazing coaching staff that they have. And what makes it great is they to each player. 
keep them ready. Keep them confident. Because throughout the course of the game season, it doesn't come down to if you're going to get in. This is the low management. This is the low management era. It's when you are going to get in that you're ready to rock and roll. And these are the coaching staff and their player development coaches. Yeah, and it's why the Pelicans really haven't missed a beat with many of these guys out, right? Brandon Ingram hasn't been in for these seven games here, and I want to get into him in a minute or two. You know, again, you have Herb Jones missing. You're down two starters. It's very easy to lose games if that's the case. And New Orleans is just rolling along, and they look really good. They're the only team in the league right now, top five in offense, top five in defense, and it's just a credit to everything. How much do you think the, the atmosphere in the locker room plays, like the good vibes we see? on the bench, all of that kind of playing into this right now. <laughs> you know what's funny, Jake, about that until you win. Because this is something that I talked about last year when this team was 3-6, and 1-12. and 12. No one wants to hear about it when you're losing. Like, man, these guys really get along. Camaraderie of guys that, that want to see one another succeed. And you know what the response is? Yeah, that's fair. Nobody want to hear it then. But then when you, you start to see it play itself out in real time internally fighting for minutes and each other's biggest fan you watch jose alvarado compete for minutes but they are right there cheering for each other every single day and helping each other to see it again it doesn't become an issue until you start winning then everybody camaraderie this same chemistry camaraderie was there when this team was three and 16 last year that's from now because if you've ever gone through something with someone, Jake, it hits different when you've been there together. And where this team was last year, where the national media, the media was talking about Zion and New Orleans and New Orleans Pelicans fans, listen to base. CJ McCollum shouldn't want to go there. Nobody wants to play in New Orleans. I see why Anthony Davis all been all this together, and you turn it around to together it hits a little, little bit different yeah no definitely look and, and i'll get into this let's let me hit a break here really quickly then we'll come back in and i'll build off that then let's look at zion brady ingram a couple other guys too because we just got some news about uh zion williamson this week they were celebrating a little bit on the team playing which you were part of that's coming up here next to today's episode of locked on pelicans before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Do you want to take the over on Zion Williamson scoring 25 and a half points in this one? Do you want to take the over on CJ making more than two and a half threes? You can do that at Prize Picks. It's super simple. You pick two to six players, and if they go score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. And the best part is you're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections. You see the numbers. You pick more than that or less than that. It's really that simple. And entries can be even made in 60 seconds or less, and they have projections on any sport you watch they have safe and fast withdrawals and they're currently operational in over 30 states and canada so download the prize picks app today or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports first time users can receive a 100 instant deposit match up to 100 with promo code locked on if you deposit 100 prize picks will give you 100 if you deposit 50 prize picks will give you 50 don't forget to enter the promo code locked on it sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 now back to me talking with Antonio Daniels. 
And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about the first place team in the Western Conference. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. If you want to support the show, comment down below on YouTube as well. So you were just talking about how they had this same kind of atmosphere and camaraderie last year. And you heard Willie Green early on in the season say, you know, some of the losses we're struggling with right now, these are going to turn into wins late in the season. And they did. And they made the postseason and they gave the Suns a competitive first round series. You're kind of seeing that play out this season too, just much quicker. And I think it's just kind of a step up from all of that, right? They were 0-3, their first three overtime games. Then they come back and really take it to the Suns on Sunday in overtime. Does that... Do you see some similarities from last season to this year just kind of improving upon it now? Well, this league is about guys taking individual steps leads to collective success, right? So I I Celtics. The Boston Celtics didn't become who they are until Marcus Smart took that proverbial step. Individually, then that mm-hmm. collectively trickle down there. You come back a better player than you were previously. Now you have a better basketball season growth, off season improvement, off season confidence, off season strength. That's what was important. Ask you a question, Jake. And yeah, you tell me yes or no. Is Jose Alvarado the same player he was? No, he's not. He's uh, you can see the improvement from him. You absolutely can see it's- it the same player he was last year you, you cut out there for a second what was it it was last year oh no cut out again okay uh are you saying that he's he's a better player than he was last year or he's the same who trey no, no, no. Sorry. So you just asked me about Trey. The uh, the audio cut out for a second there. Uh I think Trey Trey's improved, but I think he's fairly similar to who we saw because he came so important at the end of the season, I thought, for the team last year. Yeah, what I None of these guys, to me, are the same player they were. Yeah. Najee Marshall. It's not the same player. All these guys are more confident because they're more experienced through two playoff games, which is similar to playing games, which is similar to two playoff games, to six games without a generational talent. What that does collectively for you, it makes you come back more hungry, and it makes you come back a completely different basketball player. That's because guys put in the time, the work, the energy, and the effort in offseason and back different this season. No, and you've got to love seeing the team be so committed to that. Do you think that's part of going through that postseason and kind of getting a taste of it? That was the first playoff experience for a number of these guys. Getting that atmosphere, does that make a player hungrier going into that offseason to come back next year? saw the dunk that Zion did at the end of the game. He didn't even play in the series. In the locker room after that loss, right? Mm-hmm. Dancing at your brothers after they lost. Yes, it does something to you when you lose. Guys, that you really not just push that team, but in your heart of hearts, you, you ask that team. Yeah, it makes you go in the offseason work just a little bit. But that's wonderful, right? That kind of speaks to why a lot of these teams, these young teams, shouldn't be 
tanking, if you will, in the NBA, right? And being so competitive is important when people say like, oh, you'll get swept out of a first round series. You what? see the importance of making it and what it does to guys, but it also, we can get into this here, you know, it builds up the fan base too, right? You you were at these two games this, this weekend, obviously calling them. It felt like a playoff game in there from the fans. New Orleans seems like they've been along for this ride too. They've grown as a fan base as well. And I'm sure you've seen that passion really coming out particularly over these last two games I, I, that how the spaces started with with chris connor and the perspective at that particular time of Pelicans fan base right and i think about the way it is now everywhere i don't care where it is i go to church i go to the gym it doesn't matter Matter where I go, I went there for a couple of days ago, and, and everybody is talking about the Pelicans, right? Yep. And this fan base deserves this. I agree. It, it, this fan base deserves this. After every this community about this fan base, about Zion, about all man, happy here to be sitting here and calling these games because I'm not calling these games. I mean, I'm calling this games for the New Orleans Pelicans fan base because we last year when it was one in 12 and I remember being on the road doing and the frustration in Pelicans fans voices as they voiced their frustration I kept telling them just be patient just be patient I am at every practice I promise you this will play, this will play itself out so to watch it play itself out right now and to see the passion um from this new orleans pelicans fan base man it is it is so, so awesome no, it, it's wonderful. They've really embraced the team. It's all anyone can talk about right now, right? I was just at the the Saints and Pelicans like media luncheon thing and like only people wanted to talk about the Pelicans, right? Because that's one, they're, they're doing a little bit better than the Saints right now. But this team's so exciting. They're young. It feels like this this fan base is growing with them. They've invested emotionally in them and they're getting that, that payoff, right? Like, look, you don't hang a banner for being first place in the West on December 12th, but it doesn't mean you should enjoy it or let people detract from Man. that right you've been through the muck pelicans fans you get to embrace this i'm gonna tell you what my mom tells me all the time celebrate your small victories because those small victories you celebrate enough of those lead to a much bigger victory like don't let nobody steal your joy what i continue is That's good good there, advice yeah there are people around talking heads and faces that are constantly now going at the Pelicans fan base, trying to steal the joy that we should not. Nah, nope, you enjoy this. You enjoy this. You enjoy every minute right now having the it team in the NBA. Yep, because remember, remember, remember what people were saying when this team was three and 16. Zion wasn't signing the extension. Oh, I want to see Zion go play elsewhere. There's a rapper called Simba in his song, and he says, they love to talk down about, right? Now that everything is kind of turned around a little bit, so hey, Look, you're seeing some of these other 
fan bases, one, I don't know, one team in particular, they just played twice that can't, can't handle that the Pelicans are winning and they are like crushed by it. And it's, it's interesting to see the tables turn and people aren't ready for this Pelican squad to be coming through. It really feels like. Exactly what it feels like. And you know what? What nobody, I, I, I said this yesterday on, on our pregame show and on the Phoenix Suns pregame show. You know, it's for fun when the, rapper, when the rabbit got the gun. It ain't fun that way. You know what I mean? But when, when you're the one that's being talked about and people can continue to throw, oh, they had about your franchise. Now, now people don't want you to punch back. People, now you're sitting, and I'm not saying this in an arrogant manner. By no stretch of the imagination, there's no championships in December 12th. No banners are hung in December 12th. Left to be done. But listen, man, man th th this fan base and this team nauseam in the wrong way. So it's nice to be on the other side of things for once with celebrating that. And you, you said it, Jake. That's the thing about the tables. They'll turn on you. And like, as you said, you could really start to see the seeds of this being planted and, and kind of come into fruition last year. And then you add a generational talent in Zion Williamson back into the mix. And, you know, obviously I didn't have the Pelicans one in the West, you know, at any point for this coming season, but you start to see it. And it's like you said, right in the beginning, right? It's not actually a huge shock when you start to really think about it and see everything coming together and the natural growth that we're seeing from some of these guys, particularly with such a strong coaching staff. And then a front office that does a great job of finding complimentary players and the right players, right? Dyson Daniels at eight is an impactful player in this rotation already. You don't always get to see that, but when you've seen the track record of this front office doing it, right? They've had a lot of success with two-way guys and Ken Williams, Najee Marshall, Jose, the draft picks clearly in Trey and Dyson Daniels have worked out. It, you can kind of see that maybe this is always what they've been building towards. And now, yeah, enjoy and absolutely enjoy the moment. Remember a couple years ago where people were calling for, for a Griff to be fired. Look, I was one of those guys too. Like, let's not even pretend. <laughs> here's my thing. When you are a Griffin is in, to be successful at your job, you have to have a vision that other people can't relate to. Get involved in the whole, okay, Griff is brilliant. If you ever sit down and you have a, I'm talking about he's brilliant in his thought process, his foresight, what he's thinking about, about is the present, right? And it's very, very easy to like, man, what are we doing? Like, it's amazing in the Western Conference. And I see people on Twitter talking about you know how, how good you have to be to actually be in a row who who realistically are you, you trading and getting and expect to make an impact on this roster you know how good you have to be yeah you league you don't just bring somebody else in and that other person ain't coming in to pay 25 to 30 minutes but again, in conversations that, that I've had with David Griffin, I've walked away from those conversations. You know what? I have not, not thought about that. His foresight, the way that he is guys like Herb Jones, drafting guys like Dyson Daniels, yeah. right? Drafting these kind of players. I remember telling Pels fans a year ago, you, you won't see 
trade until he's out there with Zion Williamson, CJ McCollum, and Brandon Ingram. Because you don't draft him to go one-on-one. You, you draft him to space the floor. And right now, what you see in Trey Murphy that has the potential to put together multiple 50, 40, 90 seasons. Right? right? What Grip has done is he has drafted guys whose skill set complement. Yeah, no, look, it, 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 look, it, it's it's part of kind of with the game, right? People don't always see the complete picture. They don't fully see your vision. So you get people like me who look very foolish for saying some of those things now, and rightfully so, and it's okay. I'm, I'll own <laughs> up to that one there a little bit. But like, look, credit to him on sticking with his vision. There was a lot of adversity he faced. He's, you know, look, no one's perfect. He's undid mistakes that he's done too, which is also a credit to him to realize right. that and not stubbornly stick by certain things and right. kind of keep right. moving forward till he got the right combination of things. But this is the guy who had the vision for this team and what to do with it. And you're seeing it really pay off now. So he deserves all the credit in the world for everything that we are seeing right now with him. Like, absolutely. There should be no question about David Griffin at this point going forward for, for hopefully a really, really, really long time. So coming up next, we got Zion Player of the Week in the NBA. We have Brandon Ingram hopefully returning soon. I want to talk about those two players coming up here next with Antonio Daniels on today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we get to all of that, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting info, stats, news, and analysis. So you can get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, whether you want pro to college football. It's bowl season. After all, you got basketball, World Cup. They've got it all over at BetOnline.net. And it's the easiest way to get your betting info. If you want to get in on the Zion for MVP odds, since Antonio Daniels and I are about to talk about him, you can do it over prize picks before the odds get even worse. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action happening right now over at betonline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. Now back to Antonio Daniels. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all completely free, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. It's a fun ride. They got two big games against Utah coming up this week. We'll talk more about those. Of course, it is a game day here when you're probably listening to this episode. So we got Antonio Daniels on talking about the growth of the team, the fan base, the job David Griffin is doing. Let's get into Zion a little bit. I can't believe we've made it this far without really good talking about him, which speaks to all of the wonderful things going on around the team. He just won player of the week. You know, the two games he put together against the Phoenix Suns, like, I know you agree with this. You talked about it on the broadcast. He's absolutely got to be in the MVP conversation. Like, Luca's in the MVP conversation. Giannis Jokic is in the MVP conversation. Why can't Zion? Or why shouldn't Zion? I mean, Jason Tatum is in the MVP conversation. No, the, he he is he is he is that good, and, and this it's crazy to think about him right now. Played a little over a hundred games. Can you imagine? Can you imagine those? And he becomes accustomed to seeing different coverages, and becomes more confident that him shoot three threes last yesterday and to pull up fifteen footer. Like to see the game. They got one. 
Look, you can see how special he is, right? Just everything he can do. Look, they throw five guys at him at times, and he still scores, right? There's that picture from the Toronto game where he's dunking basically over five guys. Yeah, it looks fake, right? They're all horrified by what they're seeing. But he went all through. He went through five guys, ten, you know, arms around him trying to knock the ball loose, and no one can do it. You saw it against the Phoenix Suns, right? And you were talking about it on the broadcast. Monty was shifting all five defenders to the side of the court that Zion was. You could draw a line down the middle of the court, right? There'd be no defenders on one side of it. They were so worried about what Zion does. When you look at an MVP candidate, he's scoring, he's assisting, he's making his teammates better, and he's leading one of the top teams in the NBA. Like, what what more do you need other than he's got the narrative too, right? Missing all of last season, coming back. Mm -hmm. So there's the story there. Like, he's got all the pieces for it. I'm going to tell you, and I've seen it. What I needed to see, you just named all the right things. The narrative, he's scoring, he's making his teammates better. But what has really stood out to me is his willingness to defend. Stood out to me yeah. than anything else. You know, he's chased down blocks. I had a conversation with Teresa Weatherspoon a couple of, telling me about different things that her and Zion had talked about defensively, right? Pay attention to in the beginning of the season. Now he's taking individual defensive challenges for his feet. You know what I mean? Because you yeah. told him at one point, you can't be this You can't have this good of footwork offensively and then not move your feet defensively. If you move, you know you can do it defensively. And what she has told him is, you have to be your... That's why you see the uh, chase down blocks. That's why you see him coming in weak side. That, that they have amongst himself with T-Smooth. You know, are you your brother's keeper? If someone had their fortune, so for me, all of the offensive things about Zion, we've seen that. But his willingness to defend, when your best player is willing to do those things for your entire team, no, it, it, you know, it speaks to why their defense is ranked third in the league right now, right? They remind me a lot of the Toronto Raptors, a lot of deflections, kind of like a buzzsaw on defense. And then you mentioned it, Zion on the weak side, just coming over to help, which he's doing much better, right? It seems like one of the things he just needed to do, both offensively and defensively, was just get up to game speed, right? To be able to right. kind of read the game in real time. The guy missed all of last season. He hadn't played a competitive game in something like 19, 20 months. It takes a little bit to get right. kind of back into the rhythm, into the flow. And now that he's doing it, you know, you're seeing people say he looks like Duke Zion again, which is just an incredible thing. He's got like, a, I think he's just got a natural instinct for the ball too. He knows when to kind of grab it and rip it out from a guy. You saw it in his, basically one of the first plays he ever had in summer league when he, when he threw Kevin Knox to the ground in summer league and everyone kind of went wild. You see him kind of reaching all of that full potential. You and I last talked when we last did a show it was the day that he signed the contract extension. So I think we get good mm -hmm. news when you and I do this podcast together here with the player of the week <laughs> thing right now. But man, like just the way he elevates his team on, on everything, right? When he's playing defense, the other guys know they have to step it up. They can't let Zion outshine him on that side, right? Well, he, he's different now. A lot of what he went through last year, mentally. What he, with That's the part that people don't take into consideration. And I talked about this at nauseam last national platforms. So social media is the best worst. You know, you have Eggman that's behind Twitter or Instagram that 
these guys that are 20, 21, 22 years old and that I've actually had with Zion. There's been times where he's actually pulled me aside and hugged me. I just want to thank you so much for always having my back. Players listen. Players listen for all that he went through last year. You know, all the emotions, the ups and downs. To sound like he is performing right now. Basically, to shut the mouths of people. Yeah. That had all about this young man. He deserves every bit of this and more. No, I, I think so. And it's wonderful to see someone, you know... F- it's unfortunate they have to fight through that adversity, but to see them kind of come out the other side of all of right. that on what was going to be a really tough right. year for him, you know, what speaks to him and his, how he's grown, how he's able to kind of handle that. And he probably feels near invincible right now that whatever anyone throws at him, he's going to be able to do and come out the other side. And you're really seeing it reflect in his play. We mentioned that he and Brandon, or I mentioned he, he and Brandon Ingram have played 12 games so far together. Mm-hmm. Brandon Ingram seems like he's going to be back on the court soon. You know, Zion's thrived right now. It seems to be a lot of the points, Zion. You have any concerns at all about him and Brandon Ingram getting back kind of on the same page and keeping this this train rolling for New Orleans? No, because I think it would be an opportunity to sit and watch. There are two ways to learn in this league. You can learn through exhibition. And B.I. has already learned the experience part. Now he's had an opportunity. Same thing that we're seeing, B.I. seeing as well. You know, but this gives Coach Willie, gosh, what a luxury. What a blessing. It's a good problem because to have. It's a great problem to have. Yes, it is. The thing about stars in today's NBA is you can stagger them. You know, I've had I've, Willie after practice about how do you do that? You know what I mean? We was, I have to find out who plays well with who. Right? So maybe Zion, CJ, and BI plays well with Jonas. Now, this impacts the whole stuff coming out together and who's going back in together. But that is a great luxury to have. If you guys come out and now you're going back in with Brandon Ingram and Jonas Valanciunas, so those kind of guys, like, the, the, the depth, the depth, and the star power, along with the, this, this is the difference. You said it's similar to Toronto. Toronto can't play big, though. That's true. Toronto That's true. Doesn't have big. When you have a team in today's NBA, the versatility to play big, play small, and win small, with having a small, small ball five like Larry Nance, that is such a luxury. No, it's it, and it's it makes them so much fun to watch too, right? You know, it was funny because early in the season, like that opening game against the Nets, right? They blitzed them right off the beginning and just battered that team. Zion subs out; they have to deal with behind CJ out there, and then all of a sudden, those guys sub out and they're like, "Oh, we finally get a break." And then you see Zion checking right back in. It's almost got to be demoralizing if you're a, an opponent. Just kind of the the mental sight of all of that happening. So. Get- you think there's a little bit of an adjustment period they're going to see once B.I. comes yes. back and they might go through a, let's call it a minor rough patch? Of course. I, I think I would be lying. Everything would just be smooth because right now you're in the midst of a seven-game winning streak. I get it. And you won seven games playing a particular way and a particular style. But when you have on the bench and you have your best defensive perimeter player sitting on on the bench, of course there's going to be but that's a good adjustment to have though. 
Oh, yeah. Look, you'd rather be in this position. Look, every coach would kill to be in this position, right? Like, no we're talking about this like it's it's like, woe is us or, oh, no, what are they going to do? It's going to be all. fine no matter what, right? But, oh, no, you have to. Oh, poor Pelicans, you have to reintegrate Brandon freaking Ingram back into this team, right? But I think it's it's good for the fans to probably have that expectation that, like, okay, it might be a little weird for, for a game or two as they start to figure this out. But I think you've seen that they're good enough. And I talked about this on my show the other day. Look, they can win any kind of style of game. And if there's one thing that I've been impressed with this team so much this year, it's that, right? That game against Detroit, they would have lost at the beginning part of last season or even like two seasons ago, right? And they found a way when things just weren't working for them to get it done. Same for the Suns game in overtime, right? To see them go 0 for 3 to start the year and then close that one out in the fashion they did. I mean, I don't know. There's, I don't know if you have a word for that or if there's a quality you kind of ascribe to that, but that's something that's definitely jumped out to me for this team. I always say that this team, to me, is a direct reflection of the city. They're very resilient. No matter what is going on, it may at some point, it may look like, oh my gosh, at some point, but they always fight together. And that is a direct reflection of this city. You think, think about all this city has gone through. Oh man, here we go again. But then the sun comes out the next morning and then you have communities to build everything back up again. You know what I mean? And that's what the, the city of New Orleans is all about. That's one of the adjectives I love to describe this team. They're very resilient. Every game, they don't let go of the rope, no matter how dim it may look, and they don't. No, look, I I love it. That's that's where we're going to end the show because that was perfect right there. Resilient, resiliency. I think it's a great way to describe the team and look at what they're doing now, overcoming all of these injuries. So, AD, I appreciate you so much taking the time to hop on here with me, my man. For sure, Jake. Anytime you need me, brother. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Enjoy the game tonight, and I'll be back with you all to recap it tomorrow.